Well, picking up on our second part here at Hunting Under Heaven, James Schultz, I'm your host, and trying to continue the thought process on the true racist, as we have been fed a false narrative by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, like they always do. So many election years, uh, they create the same thing. So much disruption during any time when they're trying to cover up lies, uh, when there's... Uh, um, people being indicted, people being tried that are in high positions of power, the Clinton administration, the Obama gate, all these things that they um, are, are trying to pull the wool over humanity's eyes in different countries, different peoples. We're only seeing one little portion in our <clears throat> a society of what's gone on around the world. You've got to comprehend that the entire world of uh, commerce and everything through the COVID-19 uh, scamdemic, uh, plandemic was uh, perpetrated as um, something that was such a great, great thing. And I just want to make a note right off the bat of, about this, the mask wearing um, silliness, the muzzling of humanity, the house arresting of humanity, the, the lies and injustices against patriots, the people being handcuffed and drug away from businesses, businesses shut down, um, people put in prison for it, um, can't go to parks, can't go here, can't go there. Abortion clinics left open, churches as non-essential shut down, uh, on and on and on. And each person is on the take for the dark master above and above and above until finally you realize that this whole thing is so corrupt globally that we don't even really comprehend it. And, and what they've done and how sick this is, that they perpetrated um, themselves as, as the benevolent masters and the science of truth and the abilities of doctors to speak all this wisdom. And they're all fools. They're all shills. They're all of no import. They're, they're actually reprobate. They're carnal. They propped up a false flag and everybody swallowed it to where the treble hook and the lead weight hung out the other side. And, and they wanted to yank that with all their propaganda machine. I will tell you, pa patriots, don't believe it. Don't believe it for a second because here's how it's going to be. They kept pu pushing and, and, and spread this. They kept pushing the false narrative of, oh man, we're got to beat the curve. And when all this, we can't open up America too soon. If we open America too soon, we're going to have a resurgence of, of absolute uh, death and, and, and uh, uh, cataclysmic uh, pr proportions, biblical proportions of absolute death and and mayhem and carnage from COVID-19. Oh my goodness, look, shut everything, can't go to your business, can't do this, can't do that. Wait a second. Now, if that be true, that we're gonna have an explosion of sorts, then how come in all the demon crap states, the demon crap states, the mass riots, lootings, People running around, going wild in all the streets, absolute herd get, uh, togetherness, tight circles, fighting, spitting, punching. So, so is this is this true? So let's see if it's a 14-day incubation period, and this is true. This narrative that everybody within 14 days we're going to see millions die from COVID-19. See you, stupid imbeciles. You George Soros reprobates. You Bill Gatekeeper Gates scumbags. You Joe Finger Biting Biden morons. All you counselors and sheriffs that are on the take. And you sick, pedophile addicted politicians. I'm calling you out. 
as absolute liars of satanic influence. You are Luciferian adrenochromatics, every one of you, and you know it. And so if this be the case, and you have spewed out your vile, wretched misery, what, what's, what are you going to do at 14 days when you, you've made people from the mainland that come to Hawaii quarantine for 14 days? Why aren't you quarantining all these people in these cities, you morons? I am so sick and tired of your spin doctor lie. I'm calling you on it. I'm agitated because you have done exactly in hypocrisy what your wicked masters told you to do. The, the master of deception and lies, and you have hurt and ruined and maimed people's lives and businesses for a long time now. And you've done it with all the power and money that you can. Well, it's, it's over. People are waking up and are awake. I want people to take note of that. 14 days, give it from the first time of the looting. Let's see how many cases of COVID come from this with all this garbage. It's okay to loot, maim, burn, pillage, and plunder because you have nothing, you demon craps. You have nothing and nobody. Joe Biden is probably voted as one of the dumbest human beings that ever lived. And that's who you guys have in, in your position of authority, of, of your votes to count as demon craps. No, that's all you can do like bats in a cave. You vampire everybody and then you crap out these stupid politicians. And they're on the take to do your bidding. That's the best you can do. You emaciated sickos. That Here's what, hey, you think I'm being tough? I'm not tough enough. You know what Jude the Apostle said? Let's see what he says. He says, woe unto them. Do you know what woe means? Woe means damnation. Look at Jesus' words in chapter 23 of Matthew of woe. Go back 22 and 23 and start reading what Jesus said about the Pharisees and the hypocrites and the scribes in his day. Woe, woe, woe. Here Jude uses the same word, and it means damnation. Judgment and damnation unto them. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. What did Cain do? Cain, the Bible records, which was of that wicked one who slew his brother Abel. And that is a very deep subject to go into because I think there was a whole lot more going on in the garden than just a bite out of an apple. I, I throw that narrative out. There was a fruit tree there that was taken that caused the, both of their eyes of them to close because after they were closed, they opened and saw their sin. See, I, I believe, and I'm going to just give you a little clue. I believe it was a tree of fermentation. I believe it was a tree of for unlawful carnal knowledge. I believe there was a tree of absolute disruption of the order of God. And this is why he says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Cain, which was of that wicked one who slew his brother Abel. What does he call the seed of evildoers for? Why did Jesus say unto his, uh, the Sanhedrin, ye are of your father the devil? Why did he say this? Why is there this picture of the seed of unrighteousness, the children of darkness, the children of disobedience? Why is there this picture through the scripture always? Well, it's because of an infusion 
of carnal wickedness coming from the true racist satanic influence of Lucifer. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. What is Cain? Murderous. Uh, rebellious. Lawless. He was told what to bring, and he didn't bring it. He brought the works of his own hands. He brought his will. He brought his garden goods. He brought the things of his own appetite. And he refused to heed what God required, which Abel did. Abel was a keeper of the sheep. And in the sense, I'm going to give you a little spiritual picture here. In this sense, the, his own brother murdered him, which was the seed of evildoers. And Cain was a murderer. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, a picture of Christ. And from that point forward, his blood cried out from the earth and brought testimony against his murderer until from righteous Abel, to Jesus Christ, the last man, Adam, the keeper of the sheep. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, Christ, was made a quickening spirit. That's why we don't, we don't see him as just this natural man. We see him as a spiritual man, endowed with righteousness and truth, the God-man. That's why Jesus said before Abraham was, I am Yahweh. And they were infuriated that he made himself God. But this way of Cain was murder, murdering Christ, murdering Abel, same picture, different time. And they this this picture of Cain, well, what does the Bible say about Jesus? The Bible says in, in um, John, he came unto, in John, first uh, John, he came unto his own and his own, meaning the Jews, received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, this, this picture uh, of coming unto his own, he's a picture also of Abel coming before his brethren, and his brethren murdered him. This is a picture of him having the right offering, and the other ones having not the right offering. Cain did not have the right offering. His offering was murder to his brother. Abel had the right offering that was shown by God after sin to Adam and Eve when the coats of skins were given to them to cover their nakedness and blood was shed in that first sacrifice and that animal was shed there. That's why the Bible says those that eat of the, uh, those that are partakers of the altar, eat of that sacrifice. Well, well they were covered by that sheep by that lamb in the garden. And what happened? They were covered by the skin of it and they were partakers of that sacrifice. And, and Abel knew that. And he saw in that that Christ was the lamb that John the Baptist said, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world that would come for the reconciliation of the sins of his people. See, these are pictures that most men do not understand and will not and cannot because of their natural tendency of blindness. I pray that the blindness of your heart today would be removed and the scales of your eyes would be removed to see that this picture of old, what was past, is present and is going to be future. He, that's why Jude said, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam. People say to me all day long, How does this have anything to do with hunting under heaven? I thought hunting under heaven was a show about killing animals. <laughs> Maybe it's a picture of destroying dragons among men. Maybe it's a picture of defeating sin in humanity's life. Maybe it's a picture of exposing light in darkness. Maybe it's a picture 
of making real things that are obscure and true things that are filled with error. And yes, we do hunt and we do hunt for the truth. And yes, we do enjoy God's creation. But this picture here of old is showing Cain for who he was. And he ran greedily after the error of Balaam. What do you mean they ran greedily after the error of Balaam? The error of Balaam, and I said this earlier to you, was that they taught the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and commit fornication. This was a fleshly religion. They they murdered children, offered them on the, the sacrificial altar of Molech and Ashtaroth and Balaam. They did this for years. And then check this out. They, they uh, perished in the gainsaying of Korah. What did that mean? When Korah came before Moses, he said, and you can read this in the Old Testament, when he came before Korah, he was jealous, or Moses, he was jealous. He wanted to be a priest. He wanted to be an authority. And you know what? God calls men, men don't appoint them. And if men do appoint them, they're fake. God calls them. And you know what? Men truly recognize them and the church recognizes them and they're appointed for service but you know what when they start graduating and appointees from colleges of religion uh, 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 uh. i think god can still use men out of that but uh, god never um calls the qualified but always qualifies the called did you hear that it's an old statement i can't remember who said it. it's uh, somebody I, I i i i can find that in time but Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. Uh, what is funding Antifa? It's a reward to be lawless. What is funding politicians to make corrupt laws? It's a reward to create lawless deeds. What is for, uh, funding abortion clinics? People that love murder and destruction, lawless ones. Whoa. Follow me? These right there, they love reward. And he says, and they perished in the gainsaying. It's about reward and making money by creating false narratives. I mean, Moses begged uh, Korah and Dathan and those to not do that. And they went ahead and did it. And you know what happened? What the end result was? Who's on the Lord's side? Come over here. Who's not? The earth swallowed up and opened up and swallowed all of them. And their household and their, everything they had swallowed them. Boom, straight to the pit. People say, oh, that's fanciful. No, 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 no. That's uh, recorded over and over through the scriptures. More than one witness. These are spots. This is what Jude says about the, the true racist. These are spots in your feasts of charity. Often a spot is in re reference to a cancer. Often, I want humanity to understand this. The overlords and the money controllers always keep you blind and looking in a smokescreen. But they are the true spots. These are spots in your feasts of charity. What do you mean? These are your spots. These are spots in your dinner, in your sustenance, in your strength of love we as human beings need love we want to be loved we want people to appreciate and care for us and you know there's a lot of people that i have had 
disagreements with. Some know who I'm talking about over many doctrines and many uh, ways of thought. But you know what the thing that always drives me? Regardless of the disagreement, regardless, regardless of any animosities, there's one thing that always corrects me. And that is love of Christ in me. And that is bearing up one another in love and in prayer. And we may not agree, but to just love the brethren and to be unified in that. Love conquers all. And this feast of love that we enjoy, you know what I what really drives me, James Schultz, at Hunting Under Heaven? The bottom line is I yearn, I yearn for sinners to see Christ as he has been revealed to me. I make mistakes and I am not perfect and I get hot tempered at times and I fail. But I yearn for souls of men to be reborn and see Christ as he truly is in his beauty and his forgiveness and his gentleness and his mercy. And yes, he does hate sin. And that's why he requires repentance. That is an acknowledgement of your inability and a turning to reliance only on him. These right here, though, Jude says, when they feast with you, they feed themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. You know what that is? Vampiring. They take, take. Clouds they are without water. They look like they're going to rain and they're going to bring forth something. But they, in fact, they cause fungus and mold, decay and rock because they don't let the sun come through. They're carried about of winds. <clears throat> There's great stirrings and rustlings and they blow stuff around and they make noise. And he says here, trees whose fruit withereth. Remember when Jesus walked up to the fig tree and he went to get a fig off of it with his disciples on his way into Jerusalem and there was no figs on it. And basically he cursed that tree and said, it's good for nothing. It's got tons of branches, tons of leaves. It's cursed. And he's going into Jerusalem and what he was making that reference to the tree is it pertained to Jerusalem that when he walked to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was in the same condition. It was a great big green tree, branches going over every plenty of shade, but no fruit on it. No fruit on it. And when he came back, that tree had dried up and dwindled. And I think that goes along with the scripture verse that says, the kingdom to Jerusalem, to Israel, the kingdom will be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. So if a, if a person or a nation or a peoples are not bringing forth fruit of righteousness and love, they're going to be yanked up. They're going to be put in a big pile and dried up and used for firewood. So be careful, children of men, that you do not become a big green tree with no fruit. So their fruit... Without fruit, whose fruit withereth, actually, it's there, it's rotted, it's corrupt. Anything that was brought forth, the worms have eaten it. Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Wage, and so plucked up by the roots, there's nothing left there. It's empty. Raging waves of the sea. Do you find this interesting? The, the worldling and the fascist and the Marxist and the communist and the deplorables, and the totalitarians, and the despotic governments are raging waves of the sea. This is what they do. Foam out their own shame. They murder and kill. 
and they control with severity, not love. Is this what you want? You want to join forces with a Black Lives Matter, with a Antifa movement, with a Trotsky-Lenin Communist Manifesto, with a Overlords of Tyranny, with a despotic system of totalitarianism, and remove the very fabric of a nation that, yeah, we have our mistakes and our faults, but why do all the other nations of peoples want to come here? Because there's a lot of freedom here. And you can make fun of all the preachers. Some are doing it with evil intent, but most, I believe, are trying their best to preach righteousness. So if that's who you want to support, then you're my enemy. I want you to know that today, that we will be in battle. I will pray against. I will pray for your righteousness and a regeneration, but I will pray against your activities uh, if it be to destroy the people of God and, and the innocence of the unborn and uh, people walking in truth and right, righteousness. So these raging waves of the sea, uh, he says, they foam out their own shame, wandering stars. Listen, do you know what the word planet actually means? The word planet is wandering star. And when you start looking at wandering stars, you start, you start understanding that the fallen angels of Enoch's writings are pictured as wandering stars wandering to and fro throughout the earth. These wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. That's their abode. But the influence of demonic spirits continues to haunt humanity. We're seeing the results of it today. And it's interesting that I would say that because Jude, <laughs> Jude just picks up so beautifully with what I'm talking about and confirms it. That's why he see the the effect that Jude's writings are, are influenced, or excuse me, the influence that Jude has in his writings shows the effect of Enochian writings. Because he says, and Enoch, verse 14, also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Read uh, uh, Psalms chapter 2 in your Bible study as it compares to that. Why did the heathens rage? And, and also, um, hard, uh, the hard speeches, look at all the politicians and their lies continually lying these are murmurers complainers walking after their own lust what does the entire body of looters and rioters in their spirit bring they are murmurers they are complainers they are walking after their own lust which is ungodliness because it's looting murdering pillaging plundering destroying property and lives and their mouth speaketh great swelling words. Listen to them banter. Listen to them foam and spew and belch and vomit out their corruption. Listen to them. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage, they stand in the, in the midst of all their other degenerate reprobates and they preach a gospel-less message 
of death and destruction and demands. They preach false narratives of what they want and what they're going to get. They speak of lawlessness and hatred against authority. They corrupt other humanity by the same ideology of wickedness. And it is absolute Luciferian in Luciferian racism. Follow me? I, I, I find this interesting how, how stupid these people actually are. All of them. I don't care what color and race they are. They're all stupid in this sense. That they cannot even comprehend George Soros in his comp in his comments when he says and and I you know a lot of people a lot of people today would say oh James man you are racist and even bringing that up why would you even why would you even you know say something that uh, you know is that heinous about a race of people well George Soros basically said the black race is a tool. Okay, it's a tool. The black race is a tool for the elite's agenda in every nation. These are his comments. They're easy, he said, to incite to riot and violence. And when the time comes or is needed, with the flip of a switch, we can turn them into a violent uprising. Now, should that not affect all black people everywhere? That here you got some demoniac scumbag that laughs in your face uh, and funds Antifa and sends out finances to make a laughing stock of you and create destruction. I, I would think that that's something that every dear soul, black, yellow, red, white, should look at and say, why is, why is this stuff being said? Because they're using cultures to get their bidding done, how they want it done. They're, get, they're using races to do it. Where does this come from? It comes from Luciferianism, the uh, head of murder, lying, and fornication, and deceit and lasciviousness raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever and enoch also the seventh from adam prophesied of these things behold the lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them these are murmurers complainers walking after their own lusts and their mouth speaketh great swelling words having men's persons in admiration because of advantage but beloved remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our lord jesus christ oh i i pray that america could see this and the other nations that have light can see this you've been hoodwinked you've been deceived you drank too much of their poison you, you, you died by their degrees. You fell into more of their ditches. You went along with their spin doctors of foolishness. Well, remember, children of men, 
the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And consider what I said about him saying that Enoch spoke about the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment. I encourage you, if Enoch, if, if Enoch is not true, then why is Jude saying this? Go to Enoch on audio, R.H. Charles, and pull up his description of the 10 weeks of the earth. And listen to what he says in the 10th week, in its seventh part, what takes place. Men and brethren, sisters, countrymen, patriots, we are in the 10th week. I don't know what part it is, but we are in the last half hour, few minutes of this earth as we know it. Uh, I've never said that before, but I believe, hey, a year with the Lord, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. There's time periods we can't adjust. We don't understand. The Lord said, there is no man that knoweth the hour and the time. And I will say, I don't. I feel in my spirit. And I'm, I'm, this, is, this is just me and my speculation of my feelings in the spirit of the time being short. But I believe we have a, a, an ability to predict the weeks and I believe we're in the week of the 10th week. And if Paul speaks to us that there, we are in the last times, and if he said in uh, Matthew 25 that there is a, uh, in Matthew 25 when, when the Lord was speaking about that hour when the, the bridegroom came and it was midnight in darkness, he's giving clues to the, those that have ears to hear. There's great darkness. There's great troubles. I am not a dispensationalist, a modern-day dispensationalist. I don't believe that. I believe that in actuality, the scriptures teach what time we're in. And I, I do understand that there is a great hour of darkness right now. And I believe we are in that last week on this earth. And I can't tell you the minute. I can't tell you the hour, the half hour. My sense is that we're approaching a, a, a change, major change. And if God, by his great mercy, spares us another thousand years, so be it. But something is going to change and change big. He says here, Beloved, remember you the words which were spoken of the apostles of our Lord Jesus. He refers to Enoch, and then he refers to the apostles to remember words, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. The last time, that's a, that, I'm, I'm telling you, that is the week. The world, according to Enoch's writing, was put in seven weeks, or ten weeks, and the tenth week had a seventh part, which is a picture of fullness. And he says, remember you the words which were spoken, how that he told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. We're seeing it, he saw it in those days, and we're seeing it in the conclusion of where we are now, 2,000 some odd years later. These be they who separate themselves sensual what they're separated unto sensuality the wisdom that is from above is is gentle pure and holy the wisdom from beneath according to james is carnal sensual and devilish so they separate themselves to sensuality having not the spirit having not the spirit these are the words of jude but ye beloved 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We have a we have a different ability to pray in the Holy Ghost, a gift given to us by God. So Jude says, keep yourselves in the love of God. That is your protection. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking under the mercy, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, he, look at this, and of some having compassion, making difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. This is, we're, this is the last time that we're dealing with. I am urging people, you can't continue on in this stupidity. Today's the day of salvation. The, the night is far spent. The day is approaching an end. The time is coming to a conclusion. We are at this point where if you you don't see the urgency and you don't see what I'm talking about, then I, I can't. I'm just literally barking up a an empty tree. And that's in re reference because I, I, I hunted with dogs at Tree Coon and Bear and Lion. And if they're treeing up something that doesn't have it in there, they're kind of a dingbat. Um, and he says here, now unto him that is able to keep you from following and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Aren't you glad that he's able to keep you from falling into sin, falling into ignorance, falling into error, falling into lies, falling into the path of unrighteousness, falling into absolutely the pit of darkness and hell itself. He's able to keep you from falling with, and he's able to present you faultless. Do you not want to be presented your soul before the throne of God faultless? That's only through Christ. You're not getting there by your own way. You need to come to Christ and he will present you faultless before the Father. That's a, that's a thought I can't even comprehend. A sinner saved by grace, presented unto the Father with glory and exceeding joy. I will tell you, you've never felt true joy in your life in all its miseries and all of its idolatry that it gives you and all of its materialism. You've never, ever felt joy until the Lord Jesus Christ takes over the heart of a sinner and sets himself down on the throne of your heart. I pray that for you today. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. I do... I do want to leave you with one other uh, verse today. It's in the book of the Revelation. And he, uh, you know, if, if, you could, if you could think of where we are today and what the condition of humanity has become and what direction we are going. Consider what John, the Apostle John said, and this is the last reference I want to use before I close up today and, and move on. Uh, the nations were angry. Well, let me back up to verse 17. He says, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty. This is a picture of the four and twenty elders before the Lord, the Old and New Testament church. And this is what they said. We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thy great power and hast reigned. Yeah, that is Jesus. He took all the kingdoms of this world and made him his own, and he reigns forever. 
and and because of this he said listen to this and the nations were angry do you not see what there is going on today this is a manifestation of the the uh, problems among humanity the nations were angered and thy wrath is come whoa and the time of the dead whoa whoa Thy wrath has come. Judgment against sin. Judgment against wickedness. Hey, you can put levels of sin up all day long if you want to. This one's worse than that one. This one's worse than that one. But I want you to really consider what I'm saying today. That actually sin is in reference in the book of Enoch to the Satans. That's what it is. It's rebellious ones. What does that mean? Well, John the Apostle said sin, if you want to just get it down to a nutshell, sin is the transgression of the law of God. What? Yeah. Sin is the transgression of the law of God. That's why Enoch called the fallen angels lawless ones or the Satans. That's why we have a issue with sin today. People say there's no such thing as sin. Well, if there were no such thing of sin, then no one human would ever die. Huh? No, if there were no such thing as sin, then nobody would ever die. No no human being would ever die. Their body would never meet corruption. But the Bible actually does teach that the wages of sin is death. What you earn because of transgressing God's law is death. Uh, okay, every person from the first of Adam and Eve to the last man here on earth, they're going to face one inevitable. There is no discharge in that war, and it is called the end of human breathing, and their heartbeat shuts down and they die. So the result of sin and transgressing God's law is death, physically. But worse than that, to transgress while he's laid out the, the antidote for that is your soul to die. That is so grievous to me, the inner man that you are, to have a separation of the soul from God that gave it. Um, I can't comprehend it. You can't fix your soul. You don't even know what it's made with. You think you can fix the body with the DNA and all the genetic coding that we under, try to understand, but nobody understands the way the soul is made. And that's the mystery that God knows and he knows how to correct and fix the soul. That's why Jesus Christ came and he gave the answer to the soul's problem. And that was, hey, believe in him whom I have sent and ye shall have eternal life. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is Lord has eternal life. Call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. Simple. So the nations were angry. The wrath has come in the time of the dead. We're seeing the, the, the condition with humanity day, today is dead sinners walking as zombies through the streets in darkness, murdering and killing. And I'm not saying all of them are. There's some that are probably out there because they're just broken hearted at the travesty to humanity. But that's always gone on. 
just because George Floyd had a knee stuck to his neck, that doesn't mean that there was another 500 white boys that had their neck crushed too, and uh, hundreds of Indians and hundreds of Asians and, and injustices all over. But see, you got to be careful of what this spirit is, because the spirit behind the whole movement is um, Antichrist. It is. It's Antifa. It is uh, destroying. It is not of God. So I say individuals should separate themselves from it. And I'm sorry if you disagree with me on this. I don't have your ill intent in mind, nor do I want to go over to your house and burn your house and, and hit your family members and burn your car and destroy your business. That's not in me. But if that is in you, you need to tell, do some deep introspection of yourself and realize your corruption is great and you need forgiveness of Christ. And you need to hit your knees and ask for uh, forgiveness because you, murder lies in your heart. That's why the, the nations are angry. The wrath has come. Judgment's come. If judgment must begin at the house of the Lord, where shall the sinner and the ungodly wicked appear? See, judgment is coming upon the house of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not just a building. That's not what it actually means. Judgment is upon now the house of the Lord, which is upon your house, your temple, your tabernacle. Because he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. Jesus doesn't. He dwells in the temple of your heart. So judgment against sin is against the corruption of sin on your heart. Where sin really lays is where the deceiver, the wicked one, placed it in the Adamic nature of Adam years ago. And it's in the man, in his corrupt heart. And when Jesus sets you free, he's taking over the possession of that stony, wicked heart and laying himself there. He becomes Lord of your heart, your soul, your person. So judgment has to come to the house of God, and that is the temple, which temple ye are if you be born of the Spirit. And this is the temple that he has to renovate, not these cathedrals made by men. That, that's not what he's talking about. It's in the heart. And that's where the wrath has to first come. He says, and the time of the dead, that the dead would be regenerated into newness of life. Not quit walking as children of disobedience. Quit walking as children of darkness. Start walking as children of the day. And that they should be judged. There is a judgment against sin. And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Do you not understand what is judgment? It is God's righteousness. Righteousness is judgment. And where, how are we going to fix this? The children of God must shine forth as the sun against the children of disobedience and continue to uncover the stench of Luciferian racism. How? By understanding God's word, speaking God's word, laboring to know God's word. You want to defeat the wicked one? Look at what Michael the archangel did when disputing over accusations about the body of Moses. He said, the Lord rebuke thee. The word. So he's coming to destroy those that destroy the earth. And what do we have before us? Think about it. The wicked one wants to destroy everything that this earth is. He hates God's creation and he hates you. 
if you are a child of God. And if you're not, he still hates you because he's got the blinders on you so hard that you can't even see the pit you're going into. He's got you deceived in every type of false science and ideology and drug addiction and poisonous bottles of lies and bad choices for 30, 40, 50, 60 years and media uh, frequency of the dead and dedication school systems and pharmaceutical addictions and religiosity of men and the corruption of your life. You are literally in a matrix of corruption that from the, from the womb, they've been training you. And the importance of the righteousness of Christ and his written word is so vital. Why would you make fun of it? Why would they make fun of God's written word? Well, because they are not of God and they hate his word and they want to keep you in the dark. I beg you to consider to repent and believe today while it's called today. Because they are about destroying the earth. He says, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. What earth? Not only our physical creation that we walk around and enjoy from the fish to the sea and the mountains and the rain and the snow, but your earth, your tabernacle. And he says here, and the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Where is the temple of God? The temple of God is within you. Ye are the temple of God. I want you to just consider that today. We have all these physical ideologies of temple and heaven and things and stuff. And the physical and the physical and the physical. But I'm trying to tell you something more than that. It is spiritual. Why would Paul the Apostle say about Christ, Henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Why? He's spiritual. Where does he dwell? He dwells in a spiritual kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. Then my servants would fight. But I tell you that my kingdom is not from here. The temple of God cometh not with observation, but is within you. So if the temple of God is shown and heaven is shown, where is heaven? Ha <laughs> ha. Heaven is where Christ sitteth. You say to me, are you kidding me? It couldn't be that simple. I'm telling you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. So while we mutter around and putter around on this earth in this tabernacle of clay and corruption and we're influenced by all these other outside things, we should look where Christ has already done a work. He's done the work within your temple. He's put down all authority and wickedness that is against that temple. And he has secured your soul forevermore, no matter what they do to the physical shell of it. The soul is more important than the outward manifestation of the man. So consider with me today the importance spiritually understanding who Christ is and where he is seated. You know how he is seated there? All that the Father giveth me, Jesus said, shall come unto me. And him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I shall take up an abode with him. 
and I and my Father in that house, we shall be one. The Holy Spirit of God in you manifests everything that the Apostle John was teaching about where Christ dwelleth. So we must see who the true racist is, who the true accuser of the brethren is, who the true divider is, who the true destroyer of humanity's souls is, who, the, who truly the liar is. And we must reject that and come back onto the truth of what Christ did in defeating that and giving us a place of refuge and hope. At Hunting Under Heaven today, I pray to you that your soul would be uplifted to magnify the Most High God for the work of salvation and regeneration to humanity from ages past to now and present, and that we at Hunting Under Heaven could continue to broadcast that light, and that you as a person in your realm, in your grassroots and your family, would so shine as the sun that all the works of iniquity and darkness around you would fail and run away and cause, call the, the earth and the, the tunnels and the tombs that they crawl into to fall on them because they fear the face of the wrath of the Lamb. Can you imagine the terror of the Most High and they say they fear the face of the wrath of the Lamb? A Lamb is in a picture of innocence and purity and beauty. But you see, when we manifest righteousness, truths, and beauty, and holiness, the wicked one cannot look upon that, and he runs and wants the rocks to fall on him and to be entombed in his own wickedness because of truth and because of righteousness that comes only through the Most High God. So if you like what is being said and you rejoice in our uh, Savior and you're blessed by the words of James Schultz at Hunting Under Heaven, Continue to pass it on. Um, uh, if you want to email me, huntingunderheaven at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to uh, give because of the grace of God in your own heart, I know there are many that do. Uh, just go to our GoFundMe page uh, to where we can continue on the work uh, of uh, Hunting Under Heaven. And um, we can continue the work at Green Sands Oasis trying to create a sustainability in life for humanity uh, that passerbys can come, can enjoy, can can be nurtured, can be helped and blessed, and just have a place to stay and uh, food to eat. And uh, I, I know that if you read the book of Jasher, I was really inspired by what Abraham did in his last days. He created a place of pools and wells and waters and gardens and lodging places for the strangers and the wayfarers. And they came and uh, he tried to magnify uh, to be a servant of the Most High. And that's what we should do every place. Don't ever lose your aloha. Don't ever lose your kindness and love to those around us. And uh, just continue to be a light. The Bible teaches us that uh, so let your lights shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I say this at hunting under heaven with much love and grace. Aloha. <laughs>